When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It is a new day, a new episode, a new mood, new vibes, new energy, new everything, uh, but still the same old crappy record, unfortunately. The Colts stand at one in four. Uh, I am Michael Tarazas. Welcome to the Blue Stable Podcast, the official Colts podcast of Fansided. Shout out Fansided. Um, joined by me is Rashad McGinnis, Destin has a little bit of a, an exciting thing going on right now. We're not going to leak any news or breaking news or anything, but we're going to let him monitor that situation. But, Destin, we're praying for you, and we're hoping for the best for you and Mrs. Adams, all right? So, Rashad, man, uh, we didn't have you on for the reaction. Possibly thank God for the reaction to the Ravens game. So, um, let, let me just start it out, man. Um, what's your reaction to the Colts being 1-4 and four after that kind of performance? Sloppy, disgusting, pathetic. I'm appalled to be a Colts fan. I was so angry, and I was on Twitter displaying my emotions. And, man, I felt like if I got on the show that night, I probably woke up everybody in my house. I'd probably be homeless right now, sleeping on the porch, begging to be let back in. My wife wasn't having it. So I decided not to record that night. And... One in four, man, that was a meltdown of catastrophic proportions. Like, I've never taken a regular season, lost that hard. Probably the last – that loss to me was worse than a Buffalo loss, and that was a playoff game. Like, and that was a game I felt like we could have won, a Buffalo game. But this Ravens game, man, like, to dominate for about 45 minutes or so, 48 minutes, it just fell apart, man, in the last quarter of um, – We've seen it happen on multiple occasions last year where we get leads. we only good defensively for a half. And the way Lamar Jackson came back on us is the formula that we gave that he would have to beat us. We stopped the run and make Lamar Jackson beat you from the pocket. And guess what? Lamar Jackson beat us from the pocket. It was just a pathetic effort, man. I, I don't want to hear the injuries excuse. Baltimore had just as many, if not more, injuries than us. I don't want to hear it anymore. It, it, it's no excuse for a meltdown defensively like we went through. I know we had special teams problems with mm-hmm. um, Blankenship being hurt, but 
it's defensively in my book. Now, I know other people want to blame Frank Wright, Chris Ballard, uh, Jim Ursay, Jack Ursay. I, I, I'm not addressing all of them. I'm addressing the defense. And this is falls on Matt Eberflus, in my humble opinion. The scheme has to change. I heard they had a big meeting Monday, the day after. I mean, Tuesday, the day after. And hopefully Wright got through to him and, and, and they made some adjustments on how they're going to move forward, especially in the two-minute, defending the two-minute offense. Like it, it shouldn't be that easy to walk down the field on Indianapolis. That's That's it. Rashad, any drive, whether if it's the 12-minute mark of the first quarter or the 12-minute mark of the fourth quarter, every drive against this defense is a two-minute drive the way it's set up. That's just how it is, truthfully. Um, there was a big meeting. Frank Wright confirmed it. Hopefully, it was with his, Matt Eberflus's real estate agent to get his ass out of Indiana. <laughs> um, hopefully, hopefully, that's just me. Um, but I, I do – I mean, everybody – that listen to the show, they, they know where I stand. They know where I stand, stood last year. They know where Destin stands. Uh, he's against in-season coaching changes. Uh, I agree with that as well, considering mm-hmm. the fact that whoever you brought in, uh, obviously it would be in-house. Um, would they want to run something new? Would they be comfortable with even running that scheme? Do they know the ins and outs of that scheme? There, there's many things that factor into it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Bowd's already had these talks behind closed doors I wouldn't be surprised but I would I'm very curious to know in that big meeting if it was uh, I know it was Frank Reich and Matt Eberflus that's that's uh confirmed already but I'm very curious to know if Chris Ballard was also in in that meeting I'm, I'm very curious even though he's focused on you know the transactions of the team seeing where the where the holes lie and everything he's still the general manager and he needs to know what's going on on the coaching staff on the sidelines as well. So I do want to get your opinion, Rashad, on if there should be coaching changes made right now or made after the season and where on the staff should there be changes? Um, there's only a few uh, coaches I wouldn't mind retaining defensively, you know, but, if you're going to get rid of Eberflus, I think it should be at the end of the season. You're pretty much stuck with what you're stuck with right now at this point. You just finish out the season. You hopefully, you know, y'all can turn things around. Because let me tell you one thing about Eberflus' defense. It's great when you're going against trash quarterbacks. It makes it look like it's something. I wouldn't be surprised if we went out and dominate the Texans. I'll get to that later. And the defense looked like a top five, top ten defense that game. But I think you should wait till after the season. That way you got a clean slate. You can keep who you want to keep off of the defense as far as position coaches. But then you can look around the league and survey the league at some of the best position coaches that's in the league that you might want to bring in to be a defensive coordinator. And specifically when you go to your defense, when you make your next defensive coordinator hire, look for a different type of scheme somebody that can use utilize these players that we have because player development is something that's much needed from our next defensive coordinator. It got to be somebody that has a track record of developing players on their record already, man, because we can't have just this talent that we're drafting and go to waste. There's no way you draft three defensive ends in the second round. I see people floating that out on Ballast Jagged too, and all of them are bust. None of them are being developed. 
that's the problem. That's the real issue. And that's the conversation nobody wants to have. It's, it's just so happens that all three of those guys, second round talents, but they're bust. I don't believe that. I believe they're not being developed and they're not being utilized properly. So make sure our next defensive coordinator has player development trait up his resume already so that we don't have to go through these type of things that we went through with Eva Flutes again. Hey, man. Last time I checked, I thought Terrell Basham was out the league as soon as he left Indiana, and he's got a job in Dallas, and he's actually performing well. Actually playing pretty good. Yeah, actually playing pretty good. Um, when it comes to and – and I'll even, you know, in, in the offseason, I was, you know, I, okay, Brian Baker and everything. I got to call him out too. I mean, why is mm-hmm. there not any development from this position? Uh, I, can't, I can't get on James Rowe because of the injuries – um, but I can praise him for how Rocky Sin has played thus far. Isaiah Rogers' development, who was played better than I thought, uh, even though I was high on him in the offseason. But when I look at this defense, man, I, I look at the personnel that we have. This is not a, a personnel-type team to just sit back and allow everything happen. They're, they're not. I just keep studying each individual player, go back to Xavier Rose and what made him an elite number one corner in the league. Possibly he was probably the best corner in the league at some point. He was physical. He was part of a physical defense under Mike Zimmer. He was, uh, he, that defense was just everywhere, everywhere. That's why Adrian Sendejo was actually pretty good in Minnesota. And now when he goes somewhere asking to play in space, oh man, he sucks now. But for this personnel, man, they are dogs. Kari Willis, you really think a guy like him needs to be playing in space? Julian it might, Blackman. It might I mean, be right. That's part of a good coach, man, to utilize players to their strength, putting them in position to succeed. You asking guys that don't do certain things to do different things. Like, why is Kari Willis playing single high, cover one? Why is he up top in those situations? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you asking this man to do? And, of course, when he gets – oh, you go cover zero and he has to guard, come down and guard Tyler Lock. Like, what are you doing? Yep. I mean, I get it. It's your job, but that's just setting players up to fail. Exactly. So, I, I'm very big on – and I've been looking around schemes and everything. Four, three, okay, that could probably be the same. Uh, three, four, but I, I keep looking at this and I think three, three, five defenses are becoming a big part in the NFL today. I know Oklahoma is trying to run it. I've heard, you know, maybe some rumors, maybe TCU is going to transition to it. Maybe Gary Patterson's thinking about that move. Um, it's becoming a big, big thing and hell, I, I would love it. I, I would love it. Cause I mean, there's certain coaches out there that preach physicality in a defense i don't know if physicality gets preached in this defense i i really don't i mean how can you be physical when you're 10 yards away from the ball i i I, I just don't understand that philosophy so um that's really all we have to say about it guys looking on here real quick so far i mean maybe this could be short and sweet but is there still hope so far in 2021 for the colts i think there is the only hope for them in my opinion is the division. That's it. It, it, It's the division. Yeah. The division is the, the, the best and easiest path to the playoffs. If you're going to make it Uh, the good thing about it is that we're struggling. Yeah, Mike, that was crazy. We're struggling, but the Tennessee Titans are, are not playing great football right now. 
either. They're they're on um they're two games above us right now in the division, but they have a Buffalo coming up this Sunday and they have the Chiefs next Sunday after that. So they're gonna really, really struggle these next two games. And I know their schedule gets a lot tougher. And then they have us after that in three weeks. So if we can find a way, to, well, we should beat the Texans. But if we find a way to beat the 49ers the following week, we're coming into a showdown that could be a division-leading showdown with the Titans in three weeks on Halloween. So I'm excited about that. I think we have the chance to take the division due to the division just being flat-out terrible. Let's be honest. It's the worst division in football. And, you know, sometimes it breaks that way. Look at the NFC East last year. I'm, I'm sure we'll be similar to that as far as the way this thing comes down. But this division is essentially a two-man race, let's be honest here. Even though the Colts are struggling, they're lucky to be in such a poor division that Tennessee is the only competition that they have to deal with. And even Tennessee is facing injuries. Their defense is not good. Um, hell, I mean, we talk about the Texans. Hell, we were supposed to beat the Ravens, and that didn't happen. Um, good point. Um, I'm with you. I, I see the schedule does lighten up a little bit. That Buffalo game is not looking any better than it already was. Uh, the Jets, okay, we'll win that one. Hopefully, well, I mean, I might as well stop saying we'll win stuff. Yeah. Um, the Titans. W- when do we play the Titans? Is it before or after the Jets? It's before. We uh, before. we play the Texans, 49ers, then Titans, I believe. Oh my gosh, that's. The Titans got the Bills, the Chiefs, and then us. The, that game against the Titans, man, I, I can tell you now, man, that game against the Titans is going to make this season. Because yep. if you go down 2-0-2 against the Titans, it's going to be a it's gonna be so hard for you to even overtake them in the division. You will have to go above them by two games. Right. Two games you'll have to go above. And the way the schedule looks out, I mean, that – that primetime game on Christmas, is that looking any better, Rashad, against Arizona? I mean, um, Jesus. It was I looking not, good. but nah, I might not even watch it. I'm being, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm not going to be pissed off on Christmas. I'm not. My brother's going to be here. My niece, my family's going to be here. My grandparents, I'm not trying to curse in front of them, man. I, I'm really not. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I hate to sound, guys, trust me. I hate to sound very negative. I'm sorry if you think, this show has been negative in some way, but I can't sit here and just sugarcoat everything that's going on. I mean, everyone keeps talking about Frank Reich in the press conferences and the interviews. Why is he so nice? He's not going to come out and just say, yeah, you know what? Darius Leonard freaking sucks. He's not going to say that. He's going to come out and preach confidence. And then when he gets in the locker room, you sons of bitches better be at practice an hour early because you're running suicides. That's what you're doing. That's that's how it goes. That's been the Colts organization even before Frank Reich. Um, so that's where we stand right there. I think there's still hope, but my goodness, these division games just matter even, even more. So speaking of the Texans coming up, there's a guy that happens to have part ownership of the Texans, Reliance Stadium in Houston. They're thinking about making him the mayor soon. T.Y. Hilton, the ghost, is back at practice. Now, I don't expect him to play, honestly, this week. I think they're just going to get him, get get his football jitters up and everything, and he's still a vet, but you still got to get into some football shape. 
you 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 still do regardless of what year you are in the NFL. Uh, Rashad, your reaction to Ty Hilton being back as wide receiver too? Uh, we're gonna get to that. What is what, what is your reaction? We're gonna get man? to that. We're gonna get to that. Oh man, I'm excited, man. The ghost, man. The ghost is here. This is a team that's desperately lacking emotion right now. I want to feel. I see a team that's talented, but they get down. They don't have that leader, that guy. Like that defense used to have Anthony Walker and Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard is a vocal leader, but he drew his inspiration from Anthony Walker. So I'm glad to see T.Y. come back to this offense, give them some excitement. I wasn't expecting him to play. I seen an interview today with Darius say T.Y. might go for 200 this weekend. And I'm like, come on, y'all just talking. Y'all know T.Y. is not going to play. And I just can imagine him playing after sitting out all of that time. I think he needs to get back in game shape, you know, get some get some practices under his belt and maybe two full weeks of practice. He'd be ready to go. But, man, I'm excited because the energy he just brings to the team. Whenever T.Y. makes a play, the crowd gets involved. All the people on the sideline gets involved. It's just a show that he puts on, man. And he is part owner of the Houston Texans. So that way. He has to be on the sideline just, you know, for the game. Like, he has to be on the sideline pumping up Michael Pittman Jr., the guy who it has taken the number one role for, for the time being. Now, Michael, the question I wanted to ask you was, and I wanted to ask you this before the pod, but I said I wanted to get your natural reaction. Okay. How does this affect Michael Pittman Jr., T.Y. coming back? Uh, Instead of 1,000 yards, he's going for 2,000. That's just really <laughs> nah, really? nah, man. Uh, I think it's just going to boost Michael Pittman even more instead of coverage going his way now. Cause that's what Baltimore was doing. They were throwing coverage at Michael Pittman. He was getting double teamed. I'm not sure if anyone, I'm sure people were realizing that Humphrey freaking, I can't remember who that other safety was. Damn it. Um, he was being double teamed. I know that was. And when they went into zone, I saw Patrick queen and Jimmy Smith in coverage in him. Queen and Everett in coverage against him covering that zone. So I think when Hilton comes back, everybody's going to know, okay, who the hell do we even throw coverage at? Okay. I love that for both of these guys. The only thing is Michael Pittman, instead of going up against number ones, he's now going to go up against number twos. He's now not going to get the coverage. And I would even be more excited if he still did get the coverage. Because DCs are noticing what type of player he is. So wh- what does this do for him? It's going to make both of them better. It's going to make him even more better. I mean, that's just what it is. So I'm excited for where this, this goes for uh, Pittman. But as for Hilton, and I'm with you, it'll probably take a full week. Uh, I, I probably w- I, I would expect him back against San Francisco, honestly. I would expect him back for that. Uh, You got your practice this week, got your practice next week. So I think this week, uh, the focus for Frank Reich and the training staff after every practice, take him back into the medical room, probably feel around. Does he feel any discomfort? Does he feel giving massages? Uh, The chronic chamber, I believe that's what it's called. Um, You know, just get him all that, all that physical therapy, all that medical treatment, okay? I'm not trying to sound like a doctor or anything, but get him all that stuff in the first week. See where he is. If he's on a good recovery, looking like he's good to go against San Francisco, then we got a good thing going. I wouldn't expect him back. I would be shocked, honestly, if he suited up 
on Sunday for uh, this Houston Texans game. But one more topic we get into before getting into the preview this week against a div- division opponent. A lot of stuff in Colts Twitter has been, you know, can we get some help or anything like that? And mainly at the corner position because of what just happened on Monday. Recently, Trey Flowers requested, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, he requested to be released from Seattle, lack of playing time. He was finally released. I honestly thought he was a free agent, but it turns out he was on waivers. So the Bengals waived him. I believe they lost one of their corners. I can't think of the name that, that they lost, but they claimed him. And now Colt Twitter is back in fire calling Chris Ballard trash for some odd reason, because he didn't put in a claim, which I don't even think that's true because I think the Cincinnati is ahead of us in the claim department. So we didn't even get a chance to be honest with you. Uh, so Rashad, should the Colts look even with Trey flowers out? I mean, going through, I had the list right here. I believe a couple of a few of the names right here. Oh my gosh. Right. When I go into it, it reloads. Okay. Here it is. We got uh, Dark Queez Dennard. We got right, Brian. Yeah. We got Brian Poole. We got uh, where else? Where else? We got Garyon Conley, Desmond mm. Trufant. I mean, <laughs> DJ Hayden, Prince of Mukamara. It's it's certainly a list, but guys, here's the thing. Now. Depending on what y'all say on Twitter, I can already guess how you draft in fantasy. You just go after the big name. You just go after the name. Prince of Mukamura, man, remember when he was in Jacksonville locking guys up with Jalen Ramsey? Well, he hasn't really been that good lately, which explains why he's a free agent. He absolutely flopped in Chicago, okay? Garyon Conley, first-round draft pick, Oakland, looking like the number one corner, and then he's out after two years. Um, No. So I think I'm not making a big deal. I was curious about Trey Flowers. I would definitely like to bring him in because I think he's still a better option than Bo Beat Keys, than Chauncey, then, I mean, he's better. He just is. Um, So I think right now, I think it really hinges on Now, let's just say, for the sake of argument, the Bengals didn't put in a claim and it reached the Colts and we didn't put in a claim either, or we did put in a claim. A lot of it has to do with what Chris Ballard and Frank Reich know about where Rakia Sin, Xavier Rhodes are in their recovery and their injuries. Xavier Rhodes was just back out at practice. So I think he's about to clear the concussion protocol. Rockets in. Is that a long-term injury? It's looking like it's not. I believe he was limited today. So practice today. Yeah. So a lot of that has to do with where are we at at this position? Are we looking like we're going to be back on the field this coming Sunday? If not, okay, we're good. I don't need to put in a claim. It doesn't need to be like that. Now, if he was out with a concussion, Rocky Sin was put on IR, then we have a completely different story. But it's looking like those two are actually going to play on Sunday. So there's really no need to bring in outside help. Yeah. My thing, my problem um, with coach Twitter, when they do things like this is none of uh, 
it's probably a, a small amount of people on Coast Twitter have ever seen Trey Flowers play. Probably can't tell you anything about Trey Flowers, but just the fact that he was a cornerback and he was released, and they may have saw somebody who have seen him play say, "Hey man, Real you should quick. give that guy a look." Real quick, didn't he go to Stanford? Yeah. Okay. So, a lot of those people probably never seen him play ever in their life, and now all of a sudden they're on his wave. They see those names that's on that list, and they talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember when Desmond Trufant was locking people up in Atlanta. Yeah. If this was 2018, 2017, absolutely. Well, yeah, that, that year that year they made the Super Bowl, he was making plays. Yeah. And if it was that time, of course, we would like to have those guys on the team. But those guys are free agents for a reason. Those guys. Was didn't make it past the preseason. None of those guys who named he called. I remember we wanted to take a look at Quentin Dunbar. I don't know where he landed, but he was an intriguing option for me at the time that he was reportedly released. But other than that, man, those guys can stay where they at. Like I said, like you alluded to earlier, Rocket Sin practice today. Xavier Rose practice today. Kenny Moore will be back in the slot as usual, Mr. Reliable. Um, Isaiah Rogers has flashed and looked pretty good in the time that he subbed in for. And we'll be all right, man. The only long-term injury we have at cornerback is TJ Carey, who's on IR right now. And hopefully he'll be back soon as a depth piece. We have our starters solidified. Y'all can't even blame Rock this year. Rock was always the scapegoat. Rock has been playing probably the best at the cornerback position on the team. He's been the most consistent, haven't given up any big plays this year. And most of, importantly, he hasn't been called for any penalties. So as long as Xavier Rhodes can get back at least to partially the guy he was last year, I think this team will be fine. We have a, a big test coming up, not this week, but with that 49ers team, they find great ways to get their wide receivers the ball. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Kittle, I think, will still be on IR. Yeah, he'll be on they, IR. We'll duck that bullet. Thank God. But other than that, man, Shanahan's a genius, and we're going to see him. But let's not get ahead of ourselves because we got something to talk about this week coming up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I'm not entirely sure what – I mean – what did you just mention? It literally just left my head just now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll stay focused on Jalen Mills. Um, so getting into this matchup against the Houston Texans, man. Oh, Jesus, there is no reason why we shouldn't even walk out of this damn stadium with the loss. There's no yeah. reason why we should walk out of here with a loss. Um Dude, I oh my gosh, dude, I might become a freaking drug addict if this happens. Uh, okay, so because wings can't do it for me anymore, man. Uh, th- they're my comfort food, and <laughs> Monday night was very bad. And if this happens, whoo, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna burn this shit down, Mike. Just Ooh. might. I might even just shut this website down. Just yes. might <laughs> burn the stable down. Right, right. Um, so. Getting into matchups that we that we like against the Texans, man. Okay, there should be matchups all over the field versus from what I said in the Baltimore uh, preview show. So in this, I'm gonna start off with you, Rashad. Which matchups do you like the most in this game? I like a ton of matchups in this game, but I'm gonna just go with I'm gonna just go with Jonathan Taylor against this defense, man. Let's let's stop playing the Texans. 
do not have a formidable defense. The defense, it, it lacks playmakers on all three levels. They're just not a solid unit. They're not well coached. Jonathan Taylor should have a field day and pick up right where he left off at the last two weeks. He's been playing outstanding football. He's primed for a big run this this season. I think if he continues at this pace for a long period of time, he could be looking at his first visit to the Pro Bowl because he's not only doing it on the ground, He's doing it receiving as well. That's the step he took this offseason. He's become more of a receiving back, more of a complete back, something that he wasn't that great at last year and something he was knocked on actually coming out of college. That was one of his biggest knocks and why he fell out of the first round. It was ball security and the fact that he wasn't a big receiver coming out of the backfield. But I think he has silenced the critics on both of those things, having one fumble in his career so far and has been a receiving threat. I love him against this Texans defense. So if you're a fantasy guru and you have Jonathan Taylor, celebrate. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. The might not be the matchup I probably would have gone to, but definitely looking, I mean, looking at the, at, at the secondary. Okay. My matchup is going to be, it's actually going to be the wide receivers against the corners. It, it's going to be that uh, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell. This is the most consistent playing time Paris Campbell has had in his career. And it's starting to show that game against Baltimore. It's starting to show that he's finally getting consistent playing time. The body is starting to get into real football shape. I don't think it's ever truly been in football shape ever since he's gotten into the NFL. So Zach Pascal's making plays. I love it. Going up against these guys, I mean, Hargraves, Eric Murray, Justin Reed in the in the backfield at safety. I love Justin Reed, by the way. I, I love Justin Reed, man. Him and Trey Flowers were actually pretty good together at Stanford. I remember scouting them when they played TCU in the Alamo Bowl. But um, I, I like it. I like it. I think that's the weak part of Lovey Smith's defense. And also, I got to say, I'm happy to see Lovey Smith back in the NFL. He needs to be in the NFL, uh, defense quarter of the tech of the Texans. So he just has nothing to work with, man. I, yeah. I feel, he, I feel he, for he him. I feel um, for him. Hey, I mean, shout out Ross Blacklock, Garrett Wallow, TCU boys. Um, definitely, definitely excited to see those guys, see how they perform. And I, I do like that matchup. I, I do like it a lot. I like the separation that I'm going, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to be able to see that. I like the capability of that. The route running, Carson Wentz is going to be able to pick his spots. Um, that's that's where I'm at, honestly, short and sweet. Getting into positions in matchups that we don't like, I guess I'll go ahead and go first on this one. I am going to go with uh, – I am going to go with the – the man, it, it, it's a couple that I'm not the biggest fan of, but I'm going to go with the front seven of Houston. Our front versus their front. They still have some some ballers. Zach Cunningham is nothing to be laughed at. Whitney Merciless is still a baller. Demarcus Walker, they they got some players. Are they going to be able to create uh, some pressure on Carson Wentz? Are they going to be able to stop the run? Destin and I were talking about Matt Pryor the other night. This guy should be starting at right tackle. Unfortunately, what we heard about Braden Smith, the injury isn't coming along as far as they had hoped. So it's looking like it's going to be Matt Pryor 
at this position, and we keep talking about why doesn't Chris Ballard do more, he went and traded for him. So now Chris Reed, Matt Pryor, two backups, actually playing some great minutes and great production. Uh, so that's that's team building in my mind. So uh, that that is going to be a tough one, though, in my opinion. Whitney Merciless, I feel like, has always been no, – no disrespect to J.J. Watt. But Whitney Merciless, I feel like, has always been the driving force to that defense. He is tough. He's physical. He's he's a baller. I want him on my team, damn it. I mean, he's just a straight baller. He sets the edge pretty well. He can create some pressure, and I believe he's going to be matched up, and I think he's going to like that matchup against Eric Fisher, who's still trying to get back into, into form at left tackle. So that's where I'm at. But the matchup I like the most is Brandon Cooks on whichever one of these cornerbacks he draw, whichever side he lines up on. He's an extremely explosive guy. David Davis Mills is not the greatest quarterback, um, but he can't find a way to get – they find creative ways to get Brandon Cooks the ball. He has, he has 378 yards so far this season, I believe, 392. 392, he has 200-yard games already, one against Jacksonville, another one against the Carolina Panthers. He's the guy that can make big plays happen, man, at the blink of an eye. So you have to be extremely careful. Hopefully, he's lined up in a slot. I have more faith than Kenny Moore matched up with him than anybody else, although we don't run man a lot. He's going to be running out zones. But anybody that has to carry him up the field in a cover three, per se, on the outside, they have to be where – and they have to turn and run with this guy because this guy's a burner. And if he gets a step or two on you and Davis Mills throws it out there, it's hard to overthrow Brandon Cooks, man. He's lightning. So that's the matchup that scares me the most coming into this game. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't even begin to harp the importance on this division game. It's a division. I don't care if the Texans suck. I don't care if they were 0-25 or 25-0. and 0. We have to win this game. This is a must-win game. This is a must-win game. This is a must-win game. It's a must-win. I I can't preach or say that enough. I mean, I can't. The the quote that I said the other day loses me. Uh, It's coming my head in and out. I can't think of it right now. It was something along the lines. Oh, right, right. I don't think I'm actually going to say that. Actually, I think I've Uh-oh. been a little bit negative toward this guy already. But one flush, thing I am one thing, one thing I am going to say. Look, we can have we can sit down and have all the player meetings we want. We we can have them all. But this defensive coaching staff needs to step up. And I'm not even singling out Eberflus, even though he's the primary play caller. This entire staff needs to step the hell up they really do and hey they're going against the rookie quarterback who actually played pretty well against belichick's defense last last week again i expect this defense to be beat i i do that's just what i expect at this point um you know it's just about can you keep them out of the end zone and i can't even believe i'm saying that about a texans offense but can you keep them out of the end zone because they're going to move the football? They, they just are. Um, Mark Ingram is he going to be a is is he going to be a focal point at all? I don't really think he's been. I think they've just been 
letting Davis Mills let loose to see if he's if he's the future for this franchise. So uh, I, I don't think we'll see Deshaun Watson at all. Uh, I, I don't think we will. So unless he's somewhere getting a massage anywhere in Houston. So too I'm... soon, Mike, too soon. <laughs> uh, Rashad, man, what are your thoughts about, about going into this game and where the Colts are and what kind of pressure they feel? Um, this is an absolute must win. Like, I know we talk about making a run at the division and what the Titans are going to do. The Titans have the Bills. The Titans have the Chiefs. We have to win these games. We don't have a lot of gimmies games on the schedule, but this is one of them. This is one that we counted before the season as a W, and we expect to win this game. I ain't going to lie. Coming into this season, when I looked at the, the beginning half of that schedule, and I said through the first five weeks, if we managed to go two and three, like, that would be good. But – one and four was always a realistic thing for this team. Let's not act like we're that loaded and that stacked that we just knew that we was going to come out over 500 through this five-game stretch. We had a tough run, man. Seattle, the Rams, the Titans, Baltimore, the Dolphins. That's a tough stretch. So we're one and four. Hopefully we're getting a little bit healthier. This is supposed to be the softer part of our schedule, and we have to absolutely win, man. These next four games, five games, I believe, the Texans, the 49ers, the Titans, the Jets, and then the Texans again, or the Jags or something like that. Like, we have to get these games. You you put yourself in this hole, now you have to go on a run to get yourself out of this hole. It, it's not what we put on you, it's what you put on yourselves. And if y'all are 1-0 and o every week, y'all taking this thing every week, every week, got to get 1-0, got to get the 1-0. Well, let's see it, man. The Texans, a big yeah. division game. Let's 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 establish dominance in this game. And I don't want to see a, a close game, a back and forth game. We sh- it shouldn't be close. We should dominate early and keep our foot on their neck throughout this entire game. But with this defense, I just don't know. I don't. I, I don't know either, man. I, I really don't either. One thing I also have to say, man, can we shut the hell up about until Dial Odegbo? Can we really shut the hell up about that? The dude is working his way back from an Achilles, and he is a rookie. What is he going to do, come in and get 30 freaking quarterback pressures? What, what, Dude, come on now. Come on. That's the hurricane, Mike. Let's stop playing. Let's stop playing. Well, he's a hurricane that's on a crutch, all right? He's not even even a Category 4. He's a Category 0.5, okay? That's what kind of hurricane he is right now. So he's a tropical storm. <laughs> man, he ain't even a tropical tropical storm. He's probably just a little wind dusk, probably. That, that's just about what it oh, is. Oh okay? man, that's Ooh, hilarious, man. bro. We really gotta stop putting so much pressure on these rookies. Quiddy Pay wouldn't have been a difference on Monday night. I love him. I think he can be great in this defense, but let's not act like he was gonna change the game. He's Let's, coming back, too. That's another he, guy we're getting he's back. He's coming back. The game against San Francisco is going to be interesting. There's a chance Trey Lance or Jimmy G may not start that game. Um, man, what a bummer. Every primetime the Colts have, it's just – it's always some kind of crap going on, man. It's, it's something crazy. It's something, something crazy, crazy that just time. makes you lose interest in it, although all eyes of America were on us on Monday night in the worst way possible. Oh, um, but other than that, man – Definitely the schedule weakens up just a little bit. Uh, I'm still looking forward to that Buffalo game to see how compelling it will be for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out. Greg That's a measuring Rousseau, stick, man. Shout out Greg Rousseau over there. He had himself a day, huh? He had, he had himself, himself a, day. a day, man. 
Golly, over here, just proving Destin Adams wrong once again. Golly. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, <laughs> before we get out of here, man, we need to get some predictions on this night. I mean, this uh, this great game that we're going to see Sunday in Lucas Oil Stadium, okay? So, Rashad, I'm, I'm going to let you take it away, man. Are you going to read Dustin's? Oh, you want me to do it? Destin, I believe he had the Colts 30 to 17. Yep, he did. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with 31 to 14. I think the Colts take this in dramatic fashion. I would say and make a statement, but who's making a statement against the Texans? Nobody's gonna this is gonna be one of those games that every other team and the fans of teams in the league is just going to brush past it and say, oh, the Colts beat the Texans. Nobody's going to be paying attention. But I do think it's important that the Colts build some type of momentum of going into this primetime game with San Francisco. Because remember, y'all, San Francisco is going to be coming off of a bye week. So they're going to be prepared for us more than they're prepared for any other team that they play this season. So I think it's important that we dominate this game and get this team some momentum going into that primetime game. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan going to have two weeks to game plan for this Colts defense. He's gonna have, and he's going to have two games to watch. So he, he can literally – that, that's crazy, dude. Two weeks to game plan for us. That's crazy. Which means days. we actually played two games since they last played one. No, not even 13 days. Count this week, too. Right. Ah, Lee, that's crazy. Um, My prediction, man, I'm going to go with the Colts, of, of course. Only because, again, there's no excuse for them to even lose this game. But this defense, man, uh, even even Darius Leonard, I think it was big that he mentioned that his he felt like his ankle almost gave out on that scoop and almost score. Like, this dude is really, really hurt, man. He is yes. really, really hurt. This defense is hurt. And it's not helping that we literally allow everything 15 yards in front of us. So... I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going to take them uh, 35 to 33 in this game. Ooh. 35 to 33. I I think the offense is definitely going to do 33? enough. 33? 33. 33. I might be overdoing it, but, hey, what can you not overdo at this point in, in this true. season at one and four? Uh, but, hey, I mean, I, I will give credit to the offense of Houston. They can play some ball. Davis Mills – can place the ball in some good windows. Brandon Cooks is still Brandon Cooks. Chris Conley is still Chris Conley. He can he can be a good uh, weapon for for them. So they, they definitely earn a little bit of respect so far the way they've performed. Um, but that that's where I'm at, man. You know what? Actually, maybe I was being a little too mean. Okay, the Colts thirty five to twenty seven. There you go. 35 27. 35 27. That's not bad. I'll be a little bit nicer, guys. (laughs) Well, next time you hear from us, guys, hopefully, hopefully we're going to be two and four at at that point. So other than that, I'm not entirely sure if you have anything else, Rashad, before we close it out. Uh, Two quick stats. Um, One, we did in the Baltimore Ravens 100-yard rushing streak. I don't know if anybody even bought it up because of the way the game transpired. Uh, And two, we are the number five defense in takeaways. So that's the one good thing we've been doing on defense. We've been taking the ball away. So uh, I'm excited to see what this defense can do against an offense that's not really that good. Although 
we played the offense in Miami that wasn't that good, and they scared the crap out of us uh, down the stretch of that game. The way they just started throwing the ball to Devontae Parker, he was doing what he wanted to do. But we should be able to dominate this Texans team, and hopefully we get some more takeaways, man, because right. nine, nine after five games is not the mark that we set that we wanted to have for ourselves. So we have to up in that category. Right, 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 right. Hey, second half defenses, man. Keep trying to tell you, but y'all don't want to listen to me. So uh, <laughs> other than that, guys, that will do it for this episode of the Blue Stable Podcast. Thank you for tuning in on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever y'all listen to this show. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your day. Thank you for following us on Twitter. Make sure if you aren't already, Follow the Blue Stable at the Blue underscore Stable on Twitter. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube. Absolutely, we're trying to bump that number every day. We would appreciate it, guys. Comment, thumbs up, everything. Uh, we will see y'all. Hopefully, dang it, hopefully, we will be two and four. All right, guys, stay blessed. Have a great weekend. Drink responsibly, okay? I know it's getting to that point in the season. Those feelings, I get it. I get it. I'm almost there myself, but do it responsibly. All right, (laughs) guys, stay blessed. We will see y'all next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.